So they were in, they were in this, this situation, which, can you imagine like the, the agony, the smell? Like if you close your eyes and put you in that situation, you, your entire body is in agony. You've got bruises and welts and some open wounds all over you. You're lying in sewage on cold, hard stones. You're chained up. Your legs are cramping up because of the stocks. So what do you do? Well, about midnight, you pray and sing hymns. <laughs> I was like, you know, if I was praying to God, what would I be praying? I'd be like, get me out of here! And, but they weren't doing that. And if I was singing songs, I'm, I imagine that they would be, you know, something like, they're in there and like, we've got we've to sing some praises. Freedom reigns in this place. Shake the chains. Oh, coming up. Um, what else do we know? Um, your freedom is here. Shake it. Oh, it's not coming off. Um, you know, and then Paul is like, oh, Silas, you give it a go. He's like, oh, yeah, give it a go. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. And Paul's just like, well, if that doesn't work, nothing's going to work. But the funny thing is that they weren't praying and praising for freedom. The Bible doesn't say anything about them trying to get out. And that just blew my mind when I hit it. Every situation that we find ourselves in, we call RACQ. God, help me. You know, I've blown a tire. And it's so it's the devil's trying to take me down. I'm going to be late for work. And God's like, oh, did you read this story? You're like, oh, okay, all right, okay. So they sang praises. So I wanted to talk a little bit about praising. You know, our God reigns, so we praise him. But I wanted to look at the purpose. Like we know, we know the what. We know how we praise, and we know what we do to praise, but why do we praise? And I think it's always good to ask ourselves, why do we do something? So I wanted to ask, what is the purpose of praise? And one of the biggest things that stood out to me is, often we praise looking for an outcome. But we should be praising looking at the input. So we think we're expecting something to come of our praise, but we should be looking at just giving praise. Because God is who he is. The praise in this comes from the Greek word hymnio, which actually means to celebrate God in song. So they were in the middle of all that pain and the wounds and the darkness and the sewage and the stink and the lack of air. They were celebrating God. It is like it just blew my mind. And, um, you know, our purpose in praise is to celebrate God. It's not to manoeuvre situations to suit ourselves or to open the, the doorway that we think we need to have opened in front of us. It's not for Paul and Silas to say, you know, we want these chains to come off and we want this door to be opened. And, you know, they would have heard the story of, of Peter, who I think back in Acts 12, he was, pray- he was in our prison and he was chained up and an angel appeared because people were praying for him. Angel touched his chains, they fell off. He said, get up, get dressed walks out, every door opens up before him, and he just walks straight out of prison. So they would know about God's ability to rescue you from a situation, but they still didn't ask for that. They just wanted to celebrate God. 
So our purpose in praise, our primary purpose in praise, is just to celebrate God. It's just to sing about how amazing he is, how good he is, how holy he is, all the things that he's done for us, his glory, his majesty, all of his creation, is just literally to give everything that we can possibly give to him and not to be expecting something to change for us. The good thing about God is that he, he is always a, a two-way street. He's never just take, 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 take. God always gives. But, um, but you know, in John 4.23, it says that God is looking for people who worship the Father in spirit and in truth, although the Amplified actually says in reality. And so that really struck to me as well, saying, do we worship him in reality, really worshipping him for him, or are we worshipping, looking for uh, something back for us? And God is looking for these people to be his worshippers. And Revelations three fifteen sixteen 16 says that he knows our works and what we are doing, and he wants us to be either hot or cold, not lukewarm. So when we give our praise, are we giving all of our praise? Are we giving everything that we have in our heart? Or are we kind of, all right, yeah, better praise God for a little bit today. Yeah, praise you, God. Worship you, God. You're going to say all the right things, but you're not hot. And you're not cold. And God would prefer either. He'd prefer you to go, not today, God, rather than be half-hearted. And so we, we have a responsibility, you know, as Christians, as people who've praised to when we do praise, we give our all, you know, we sing until our voices bust open in the middle of songs. We sweat and we get smelly, but we give everything that we've got, you know. We don't just hold back. If you want a really good example of, of praise, go to 1 Chronicles 16 and read chapter 16, 8 through to 36. I won't read it now because it's actually quite a long a long session of praise, but it is such a, a good example of how to praise God. You know, another reason that we should praise God is obedience. And a lot of people, oh, obedience. Psalm 150 verse 6, let everything that has breath and every breath of life praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I like reading from the Amplified because it gives you a little bit more meat. So if my Bible says something a little bit extra to what yours says, it's because I've taken it from the Amplified and not the NIV. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16. Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually and always. Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Anytime the Bible has to repeat something, it's pretty important. <laughs> if I say, rejoice in the Lord and again I say. <laughs> it's like, you know, when the teacher, if I have to tell you a third time. <laughs> Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Through him, therefore, let us continually and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Habakkuk 3.18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exalt in the victorious God of my salvation. You know, when it says sacrifice of praise and everyone kind of thinks, you know, sacrifice. Well, going to church when I could have slept in, you know, that's a sacrifice. 
and um, lifting my hands and I don't feel like it, putting Facebook down. You know, those things are sacrifices of praise. <laughs> Sacrifice comes from the Greek word thusia, I believe, and the root verb for that word is thuo, which is actually means to slay a victim. So it's a pretty full on. So when they say a sacrifice of praise, it literally means the killing of something for praise. Jack Hayford said in one of his devotionals, praise often requires that we kill anything that threatens to diminish or interfere with our worship of the Lord. And I like that. We have to kill it. We can't just like push it off to the side a little bit. You know, we have to put it up there and cut its throat you know when when we have pride or complacency or all these things that kind of come in between our relationship with God we need to kill it and that's the sacrifice of praise that's when we don't feel like it when we don't want to but we do it anyway that's the sacrifice of praise Jesus himself was the lamb that was slain he was the ultimate sacrifice he died on the cross to kill the very thing that separated us from relationship with our Heavenly Father. Our sacrifice of praise is a perpetuation of His example, dying to the things in us and around us that would keep us from the presence of God. So He did His half. He did His part, which is pretty much 99.999%. But our little 0.0001% is to give a sacrifice of praise. And when we... When God's paved everything up to here and we just have to take this tiny little step of sacrifice and push those, those last things. You know, everything that, that holds us back from our relationship with God is usually in here or in here. It's not around us. It's not, you know, we've, we've been given authority over the devil and all the powers and principalities of the air. But the things that keep us from revelation are usually mindsets. And that's something that I wanted to kind of look at today. Jesus' ultimate sacrifice you know, is partnered with our daily sacrifice and it works together to benefit our relationship with him. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for who you are in Christ Jesus. In everything, give thanks. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 to 5. This is a little bit of a read, so I'll have a drink first. I tried to pull out a lot of scriptures today so no one can say, oh, he's just trying to, he's just saying something nice. You know, if you don't like it, go to the Word. 3, verses 1 to 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Peoples will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. There's a warning there, guys. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And this is the bit that just smacked me in the face. Having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with these people. You know, we look at the world and all the, the laws they're trying to pass and all this kind of stuff and say, see, these people, lovers of themselves and blah, 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 having a form of godliness. This, 
It's basically saying these people are Christians without the power of God. These people are in the church. These people have a a pious life in the Amplified. For although they hold a form of piety or true religion, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. So if we profess to be Christians, but we deny the power of Christ within us, then we fall into this category. It's a bit scary, isn't it? (laughs) But there's power in praise. And I wanted to talk to you today about the three P's of praise. The power, the purpose, and the provision. So I get stuck into the power of praise. You know, God is a God of purpose. He doesn't want to waste. He doesn't use idle words. The Bible says that every word that comes forth from his mouth does not return void. And he also, he also doesn't make useless requests from us. So when God says in his word to praise him, to rejoice always, to give thanks all the time, it's not just for fun. <laughs> it's not just, ah, oh, here's a good idea, guys. Oh, yeah, I guess if you don't know what to do, just give thanks. Yeah, that'd be good. You know, when, when he commands us to praise in his word, there's a reason. And often we look at the what, but the revelation comes in the why. Everything that God has commanded us not to do is so that we will benefit from the abstinence of the act and its subsequent consequences. And everything that God has commanded us to do is so that we will benefit from the obedience and live in the consequence. God's will or his desire and pleasure is that we give thanks in all things. That alone is enough for the why. But here's the miracle of praise, is when we obey, God shows up. In Acts 16.26, Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the doors of the prison flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Doesn't God likes to move suddenly? Has anyone ever noticed that? You just seem to go for ages and ages and ages and come on, God, come on, God, and I'm bang, God moves. You're like, whoa, whoa, that was a long time coming, but thanks, God. (laughs) But it's good. You know why I think God does that? Because God loves a good storyline. You know, God gave us a book. He could have given us anything else. He could have made it so that the Bible was written across the sky or that every person knew every word in the Bible that was imprinted on their brain. But he gave us a book because he likes a story. Stories inspire people. They capture hearts and minds. They can take people to different places, different times, different worlds. The favourite stories generally have five components. They have characters, a setting, a plot, a conflict and a resolution. People buy into the characters. They immerse themselves in the setting. They get intrigued by the plot. They get caught up in the conflict and then they find relief in the resolution. At that pinnacle of the conflict, the the climax of the storyline, and then suddenly God has the answer. God shows up and in this story, every door is open and every chain is loosed. God is the answer our story all of us have a story all of us are are walking through life we've got a a past a present we've got a future we have a story you know god is the hero 
God is the one that comes in and rescues us. This is probably the only time in my life that I'm content to be called the damsel in distress. <laughs> you know, I'm, the, I'm the, the princess that's been kidnapped and he rescues through his power, through his sacrifice. And then we become the bride of Christ and we are destined to rule and reign with him forever. Now, who likes that story? If you put that into perspective of, of what goes through life, of how we were, we were lost, how we were basically kidnapped by the enemy, our power was taken away from us, and Jesus came, sacrificed himself, won us back, and then wants to spend the rest of eternity with us. It is just such an incredible story. The good news is, though, we don't have to be like the, uh, the damsels of old. You know, we don't have to faint all the time and just be generally useless and fall over and oh, carry me out. We don't have to be like that. You know, we've been given power and authority and the ability to fight as well. There's no uselessness here. It's very good. But back to the verse. Suddenly, a violent earthquake, doors flying open and everyone's chains coming loose. In this story, praise brought the power of freedom. But what about for us? Because we're not beaten and chained up and locked in a prison. But the, the interesting thing was that for us, the most powerful effect of praise doesn't take place in what happens around us, but in what happens within us. And for them, I'll explain that a little bit because it doesn't kind of make sense at first. You think that, oh, you know, they got free from prison. This is a one-off event. This is one day in their entire story, where the power changed their circumstance. But don't you think the power, what happened within them, their faith level has risen. So every subsequent day, they have new faith, new, new trust in God, that no matter what happens, no matter the circumstance or situation, that God's in control. And so the powerful effect is not what happens around us, but what happens within us that causes us to be able to live the rest of our story. When we praise, we align our hearts and our minds to the truth of God's word. And we are changed within. Revelation pours out in times of praise. Who's been here in a, in a session of worship that we've had you know, sometime in the morning and you just feel God downloading stuff into you? you just, you're just there, surrendered, everything that you have this morning, come broken before him. You know what God can do with broken things? He can make masterpieces. And it's just incredible that, that we come and we just spend that time praising and worshipping God, just wanting to give Him everything that we have. And God says, you know, I, w- I want to receive your praise, but I love you so much that I want to give you something back. And so God pours out revelation. Someone, someone explained revelation as... Not your mind learning something new, but your heart learning something new. So you can get information, but revelation affects your heart, the way that you live, the way that your, your life proceeds from that point in time. Revelation makes a difference. And the interesting thing is that when we praise, the circumstances and situations that seek to exalt themselves above God are put back in their rightful place. And God is restored to his rightful place in our hearts. Like the song that we sang this morning, no circumstance or situation will never change my motivation. I'm going to praise. 
doesn't matter where the road may lead. Mountains, valleys, I'm going to praise. You know, the word power, most of you would know this, comes from the Greek word dunamis. Specifically, it refers to the miraculous power, but it is also used to describe ability, abundance, meaning, might, workers of miracles, power, strength, violence, and wonderful work. So it's not just a miracle that can come with power, but it's an ability that comes with power. It's an abundance that can come with power. Even a violence, you know, the violent take the, the kingdom of heaven by force. It's not a, we're all going to go to heaven kind of thing. You know, we need to fight. We need to fight for what we have here, for our family, for our territory, for the things that God has given us. We have to be warriors in that. So when we praise and the power of God comes upon us, this miracle working power, this strength, this ability, this abundance comes And we see time and time again, you know, in the testimonies of other people and even ourselves, how God shows up in power when we praise him, when we worship, when we're thankful. His power comes in these acts because they all bear something similar. Each act of praise, each act of worship and each act of thankfulness requires us to take control of our mind and thoughts and to align them with his truth. When we praise God, we're simply Declaring the truth. God, you are holy. Well, he's holy. That's a fact. <laughs> but we're aligning this and this and this to the truth. So everyone knows, you know, when you bring alignment, if you could imagine a whole bunch of, say, pipes coming down like this, and all the way down the pipes there's little levers that can stop the flow of water or, turn, or stop it or let it go. And basically what happens when we praise, God's power is always flowing. And we start to open a tap and a tap and a tap until the power flows through our lives. That's what happens within us. And I think that's the miracle that enables change around us, is that bringing, bringing these things under control and and placing them under. You know, God reigns a kingdom and he's given us each a kingdom. But do we bring our kingdom in alignment with his kingdom so that he reigns all the way through? Or do we keep half in, half out? Straddle the fence. Pastor Brad says it's always a painful place to be. <laughs> Colossians 3 verse 2. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not the things that are of this earth. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, brief and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting. Philippians 4 verse 8. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatsoever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just and pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, Whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things and fix your mind upon them. You notice the difference between the people of 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 to 5 and what we're called to do in this verse. It says that 
that they were lovers of themselves, of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, no self-control, brutal, treacherous, rash, conceited, etc., etc. When we fix our mind, when we think on and weigh up and take account of all of these things, that brings that change. So what are we called to do? When we align our hearts and minds with the truth of his word, we are transformed. Excuse me. Is anyone getting anything from this? Yeah? Cool. (laughs) Thank you. Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world or this age, fashioned after it and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed and changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So when we praise it aligns and submits our minds to the authority of the word of God, the truth of God. So power comes to those who are in submission to authority. The centurion in Luke 7 knew this principle. And Jesus himself said that the son is able to do nothing of himself, but he is only able to do what he sees the father doing. We don't have authority in our lives, in our kingdom, until we are in alignment with God's authority and his kingdom. And praise is one of the keys that brings us into alignment. When we are aligned in obedience to the authority of his word, power is there, that dunamis power. And it's not just for us. In Acts 16.26, you notice it said that all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. So the power in your life isn't just for you. The power in your life is for the people around you. Your breakthrough can be for your loved ones your friends, your family, even your enemies. (laughs) Just as Jesus' sacrifice paved the way for us, our sacrifice can pave the way for others. And it all comes from the renewal of the mind. All power and authority is being given to Jesus, as he said in Matthew, and we are joint heirs with him, as it says in Romans 8. Christ now lives in us, according to Galatians 2, and we can do all things through him, according to Philippians 4. Praise is the key to accessing this power, to positioning ourselves in the presence of God and to living the life that he has called us to live. And in this place we find provision. Sorry, third point, provision. So when the prison doors were opened and the chains were loosed, what did Paul and Silas do? What would you do? (laughs) You'd be gone, right? You know what's funny? is they sat there in the dark and waited. I think it's hilarious. They're free. Every door is opened. Everyone's chains are loose. Not just them, but all the other people, you know, bad people and murderers and rapists and thieves and all that kind of stuff. And they all just sit there in the dark. And you imagine, you know, the amount of time it takes for someone to come running out of their house, you know, the jailer to come running out of his house and realize there'd been an earthquake and to see that the prison doors are open and he had to go and get light to make, you know, the time, and they're just sitting there. You know, they're, not, they're not trying to manipulate God's provision to do what they want to do. They're waiting to hear from God. 
And you know, it's really good that they didn't run away. It says, what happened next? It, it actually, it's just amazing. It says, the, the jailer called, I'll read it out of here, and this is a little bit better. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Obviously, there was no noise. You know, they'd stopped singing and praying because it was quiet, so you'd think, okay, no one's there. But Paul shouted, somehow he knew from the innermost cell, don't harm yourself, we are all here. So the jailer called for lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know, the jailer brought them out and he asked them how to be saved. And he took them to his house and he washed their wounds then the whole family got baptised. Then Paul and Silas got to eat. It's funny that it puts it in there. That's pretty important. And then the jailer started to rejoice, having believed God with all of his household. God uses his power when we praise to create provision, and not just for us, but for the people around us that God wants to work through. So the power flowed through and an entire family was saved. And they got to eat. <laughs> Two very important things. You know, this is the, the first recorded conversion of a man in Philippi. Lydia had been converted earlier with some women um, as they were praying down by the river. But this is the first man that they record. And so I would say it's probably safe to say that, you know, this was the start of the church, yeah, Philippians church, because between Lydia and the jailer who got saved, and his household that got saved. Generally in those times, you know, it would take a man to lead his household for things to become a little bit more official, and that was just the time that it was set in. And so, again, the significance, the first, the first man of the city to come to Christ. And Lydia was already a Christian, so women can say, oh, we're already there, we got there first, it's all right, and men had to catch up. But there is some significance in this. You know, Paul and Silas were set free the next morning. The magistrate said, oh, okay, just set them free. And um, Paul said, oh, do you know that they can't just set us free? They didn't give us a trial and then they beat us publicly and then they want us to leave quietly, even though we're Roman citizens, which they did not know. And um, so they freaked out and all the magistrates came running over and, and escorted them out publicly and, and pleaded with them to go and asked them not to come back. <laughs> but the provision that comes through praise is the power of God and lives are changed. You know, when we praise him, we are thankful for what he is and who he's done. Psalm 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Psalm 16 verse 11, you will show me the path of life and in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Nehemiah 8 verses 10 in the last half of the verse, do not be grieved or depressed for the joy of the Lord is your strength and your stronghold. You know, our lives are changed as we make a decision to praise. And his power flows through us. And then he provides us with all the strength we need through his joy. 
The miracle inside us is when we stand strong and resolute no matter what we face, no matter what circumstance, what situation, what battle we're facing in life. But we know that our God reigns. If he is for us, who can be against us? If Jesus has overcome the world, why should we fear it? Praise is the key. Praise aligns our hearts and our minds to the will of the one who reigns over all. When we are aligned with him, his power and provision can flow through us into any circumstance or situation. Our kingdom and our world falls under the authority, covering and blessing of our God. He provides all that we need and more. So I had a bit of a challenge. Now, I know I haven't talked for as long as Pastor Brad may talk for, <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted to kind of get a little bit closer to finishing in this. I wanted to set a challenge. Who's up for a challenge? Some people. Okay, that's good. <laughs> My challenge for you today is to put praise to the test. I want you to set a time period on your calendar. It might be three days or a week or a month. And find someone to be accountable with. Usually your partner is a good person to be accountable to because they hear all the whinging and complaining in the background. Make a decision to fix your mind on the things above. My challenge is to not let a single negative word or complaint come out of your mouth for that entire time period. In everything, give thanks. In nothing, give complaints. (laughs) Give thanks in everything and for everything. And just to make it a little bit harder, recognize your body language and your attitude as well. Oh, God, thank you for this one. Thank you for that one. No, that doesn't cut it. Your attitude. Take control. You are in control of your your heart, your mind, your body, your soul. Yes? So take control. In this time period, and this is challenging for me too. I'm I'm naturally an introvert and um, I naturally think of the most negative things first. (laughs) Something that I'm trying to change in my life as well. But... Decide, make a decision that everything that you do, that you say, that you think will be an act of praise. You reckon you can do that? Some of you are probably already already perfect, like Mama Barb here. (laughs) I'm looking at her and I'm like, surely, no, surely she can't be uh, eligible for this. But I think... You know, when it comes down to it, we're all human. And we all, we all struggle. Every day is a struggle. You know, we have to take up our cross daily. Yeah. We don't just kind of, you know, back in 83, <laughs> I took up my cross and I haven't had to do much ever since then. You know, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's daily. It's daily. So I want to challenge you to do that. You know, let's, let's be a church that lives a life of praise. You know, as a congregational, what do we want to be known as outside of Forever House? You know, we've done a lot of work on who we are inside and our culture and our teams. When people see our church, what do we want them to see? What separates us? What makes us the light shining on the hill? What makes us the salt of the earth? If we're complainers, like everyone else out there, just look at Facebook. (laughs) If we are like that, Why would people want what we have? 
Why would people look to us for answers if we don't even have the answers ourselves? You know, it's really funny. In this church, we are richer than, I think it's 97% of the world, just in terms of dollar value and the things that we own. We are more comfortable than billions of people. We can choose whether we want to sleep on the couch or the bed. We can choose whether we want to eat meat or be a vegetarian. You know, we can choose which car we're going to take to work today. We, can, we have a choice of all these things. But so often our culture, our Western society, is the first to complain about things. You know, they actually, they actually coined a term for it, first world problems. <laughs> My internet's not working. Oh, it's a first world problem, bro. You know, um, my car ran out of petrol because I didn't fill it up. Oh. So let's, <laughs> let's not say who's to blame for that. Mm-hmm. But we live such a blessed life, don't we? We have so much to be thankful for. So why do we struggle? Why do we, why do we find it hard to just live a life continually of thankfulness? And I don't... I don't want that to come across as a condemnation of anyone because I'm probably the chief of sinners when it comes to this. But what I, want, what I wanted to do is to encourage us to take this step of faith together, us to make this sacrifice of praise because I believe, and I believe this is why God gave me this word, is because each and every person will benefit from its application. Personally, and our church will benefit from its application corporately. So let's be a church that's recognized for its people of praise. Let's see how the power of God comes into every situation, into every circumstance. Let's see the provision that is poured out. Let's see the transformation that happens inside of us as we praise Him. But most of all, Let's just praise God for who He is. Let's just put that Him where He belongs. You know, a king is worthy of praise because simply because He is the king. And our God is so much more. He is more worthy than anything that we could ever give. And so what, what little sacrifice it is to put aside our first world problems. Some of them might even be second world problems. But to just live that life of thankfulness. Just be grateful for everything. Someone cuts you off in traffic. Thank you, Lord, that I actually have a car, that I have the ability, I have limbs to drive. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you bless that person. They must be in a... uh, a rush and if they're in a rush that means they're stressed out just pray for your peace to be upon them Father. when the person cuts in front of you in a line they might have had a tough day you, know? you don't know they might have just had their marriage broken up they might have just lost a loved one and we go they shouldn't cut in line because I was here first I might want to complain no, no let's not do that speak God I know you rule I know you reign You've got me covered. You know where I need to be, at what time, what place. And when that person kind of looks around, then no problems. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus loves you. Just 
love you. Can I pray for you? So, so nice of you to step in line in front of me. Now that you're trapped here, let me talk to you about Jesus. But you know, there's every situation we have that ability to turn it into something good. That power coming through. We praise you, God. And the power flows through you. You're able to do mighty works. You have an abundance of ability within you. I really believe it will change. It will transform people's lives. And you already might be at a level, you know, I give praise 70% of the time. You know what? Go for your personal best. Aim for that bit higher. We'll never reach 100% because no one has time enough to thank God for all the things he's done. He has done so many things that you could, even if you, you could never, you could never do it 100%. But let's aim for our personal best. So who here is going to take up that challenge? Yeah. Going to put, actually write it into your diary, book it on your, your Google calendars or whatever you need to do. That these are days of praise. And remind yourself and, and be open to be held accountable for it. Someone around you say, hey, remember, we made this commitment together. Let's not complain. Let's not be whinges. Let's not be people that no one wants to be around. Let's be that salt. Let's be that light. Let's set the example in every situation. You guys are having fun. Giving praise already. I like that. Father, I just pray, Lord. Lord, I just want to praise your name. The name of Jesus Christ, the name above all other names. King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, creator of the entire universe. Hundreds of thousands of light years of of space, of planets, of stars, of everything, Lord. And, And you see fit to want to spend time with us. Father, we just pray that as we, we draw close to you, Lord God, and as it says, we enter into your, your presence with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, Father. As we draw close to you, Lord, transform us. Lord, let your power flow through us. Bring that, that transformation, that revelation, that change in mindsets, Lord God. No matter what, that our God reigns. No matter what challenge we are facing, There is nothing that Jesus has not overcome by his sacrifice. Lord, I just pray for your your Holy Spirit to renew minds, to bring fresh revelation to hearts. Lord, for for your joy to strengthen us, Lord God, in this life that you've called us to live. In Jesus' name, amen.